0: to thank Savannah for uh, leading the song service tonight and also for the uh, Young Men's uh, Choir for their ministry of music. You know, it is a blessing to hear uh, the voices of, of young men and I really appreciate their, uh, their effort and their ministry. <clears throat> I'd like to welcome each one of you here to the house of the Lord. And um, it is a blessing when the saints gather on occasions such as this. Uh, we have gathered tonight of our own Choice. We have not been forced, uh, at least most of us have not been forced to come here. But uh, we have chosen to come here because we believe that that our faith will be strengthened and that our uh, walk with the Lord, um, that we will be given strength for uh, our walk with the Lord. And we have come to pay our devotions to the Most High God. And so it's the desire of uh, the men up here tonight that this hour... Uh, would be a blessing to each one of you, that it would be a time of uh, unity, a time of strength, a time of renewal. Uh, by way of an introduction, my name is Brian O'Neill. I'm an elder at New Jerusalem Restoration Branch. Uh, the men up uh, with me tonight are, are friends of mine. I know them personally. I recommend them to you as servants of the Lord Jesus. Uh, offering the invocation tonight will be deacon, Alex Dillon, he also attends New Jerusalem, a branch. Offering the benediction will be Deacon Enoch Carnahan. Uh, he is from the Buckner branch. And then our speaker this evening is Elder Jim Schultz. And uh, he comes from the South Chrysler uh, Restoration branch. Jim is an elder. And I look forward to hearing what the Lord has placed upon his heart for us tonight. Um, The theme for this evening's service actually comes from the 60th chapter um, of Isaiah. I will not be reading that uh, passage of Scripture. Jim will be using that in his uh, sermon tonight. But I've chosen a passage of Scripture from Latter-day Revelation, and I think that uh, as the evening progresses, you will see that this selection that I've chosen fits in nicely with uh, the theme, with our theme tonight. And that uh, selection is from the Doctrine and Covenants, Section 10, and I'll be reading verses 1 through 3 and 5 and 6. And these are words that were given to Hiram Smith in May of 1829 in Harmony, Pennsylvania. And during this time when this revelation was given to Hiram, um, Joseph and Oliver were engaged in the work of translating the Book of Mormon. And uh, Joseph and Emma and Oliver lived uh, in May of 1829 in a, in a small home next to the Susquehanna River. That river, of course, is where uh, Joseph and, and Oliver were, were baptized. And uh, as scholars believe that this revelation was given just after uh, May 15th, which was the date that uh, Joseph and Oliver uh, were commanded to be baptized. So I want to read uh, for you these verses a great and marvelous work is about to come forth among the children of men. Behold, I am God and give heed to my word, which is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, to the dividing asunder of both joints and marrow. Therefore, give heed unto my word. Behold, the field is white, already ready to harvest. Therefore, whoso desireth to reap, Let him thrust in his sickle with his might, and reap while the day lasts, that he may treasure up for his soul everlasting salvation in the kingdom of God. Yea, whosoever will thrust in his sickle and reap, the same is called of God. Therefore, if you will ask of me, you shall receive. If you will not, it shall be open unto you. And now, as you have asked, behold, I say unto you, keep my commandments and seek to bring forth and establish the cause of Zion. Seek not for riches, but for wisdom. And behold, the mysteries of God shall be unfolded unto you, and then shall you be made rich. Behold, he that hath eternal life is rich. For behold, it is I that speaketh. Behold, I am the light which shineth in darkness, and by my power I give these words unto thee. And now verily, verily I say unto thee, put your trust in that Spirit which leadeth to do good, yea, to do justly, to walk humbly, to judge righteously. And this is my Spirit. And I believe that those words, these words that were given almost 200 years ago, are just as valid for us today as they were when they were given to Hiram. And I trust that God will bless the reading of his record. We will open our service by standing and singing hymn 208, Lead On, O King Eternal. Hymn number 208, we will stand for this, and then Alex Dillon will open us with an invoca- open the service with an invocation. Hymn 208.
1: Father in heaven, I come before you as a servant of thine and I come before you with these my fellow servants and these my brothers and sisters this evening and I, I pray that this evening that this service would be glorifying unto you and pleasing in your sight and pray that we would listen to that spirit which leadeth to do good and to do justly and to walk humbly and judge righteously. And I pray that your spirit would be here this evening. And I ask that you would pour out your spirit upon our brother Jim and that his lips might be loosed and that through his, his message this evening we might be renewed in our faith and in our determination to serve you.
2: In keeping with our previous experiences we've had together and the opportunity we've had for the spoken word to come from the book of Isaiah, I too would like to share. I wasn't real familiar with this scripture before I started my preparation, but the blessing for me has been is the Lord was very familiar with this scripture, so quite the blessing for me. From Isaiah 60. Verse 1 to 3, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall rise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising." you before i was in the priesthood i didn't appreciate ministry of music as much as i do now it's my thought that music opens your heart to allow the power of the holy spirit to enter in that which allows you to worship your heavenly father did you feel the change When you heard the music, did you feel the change? I did. So tonight, I want to ask you three questions, all three from Isaiah 60. And I'd also like to attempt to share the answers with you from Scripture. And the questions are these. What is the glory of Zion, and how does it affect You and me. Why do we need Zion anyway? And who will be living in Zion? Isaiah 60 starts off with, it says, Arise and shine, for thy light has come. And the light is always the truth, for the Lord God is always the truth. It continues, and the glory of the Lord is upon thee, and he's talking about Zion, the kingdom of our God on earth. And as I have been making preparation for this time with you this evening, I've struggled with uh, a difficult question that's been upon my mind. And I struggle even asking tonight this question for you and the question is this is the reason we do not have zion in our generation is because we as a people or we as a church have taken our call to establish zion too lightly perhaps we as a people have not felt the urgency of zion always been out there, our parents talked about Zion, our grandparents talked about Zion, once in a while we hear a sermon about Zion, and we know that Zion will be someday. And we hope and we pray that maybe it will come in our day. Back in uh, 1938, The church was warned to get to work. And it's time to arise and to shine. In section one thirty eight in verse three, I think it applies to our day as much as it did in that day. Let me read that for you. Let the church be admonished, let the church again be admonished that the task of establishing Zion presses heavily upon us. Barriers and hindrances to the achievement of this goal should be removed as speedily as possible and practicable to lay securely the foundations for Zion and her buildings. The work should be accomplished in peace and harmony, and unity should prevail. To this end, all the saints should work together in rich fraternity, which can and will prevail among them when they keep faithfully the commandments. You've read that scripture before. But perhaps we've forgotten that that scripture is there. And think for a moment for yourselves. When was the last time you prayed? When you see the conditions of the world that we live in and that exist today, when was the last time that you were earnestly on your knees and praying for Zion to come? Have we forgotten about Zion? Well, the Lord has not. From Isaiah 49.14, let me share with you. But Zion said, The Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. Verse 15, Can a woman forget her sucking child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget. And then in verse 16, the Lord says, and this should go right This should go right to your heart. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. Brothers and sisters, Zion waits. Zion waits for me. And if the previous generation of saints had... uh, taken this scripture to heart and they have laid the foundation, then are we the cause of Zion's delay? President Israel A. Smith said in 1947, it's recorded as section 140, 5C. And I'm sure that this scripture is familiar to everyone that is sitting out in front of me today. The work of preparation and the perfection of my saints go forward slowly, and Zionic conditions are no further away nor any closer than the spiritual condition of my people justifies. So, where are we today? I mean, as a church or as a people, which directions have we moved? Are we closer? Or are we farther away? The Lord says in Section 1383E, what the results will be if we move closer. Great blessings are in store for the church. If it will, in faith and saintly devotion, go forward in its task. Have we not been given the task of establishing Zion for this world? Oh, that we might move forward and enjoy the blessings of the glory Zion has for us. And the Lord is waiting to give that to us, brothers and sisters. Are you ready to rise and to shine with saintly devotion toward the cause of Zion? And if not for yourself, for the church, or for your families, these young people here today, or the neighbors that um, live in your neighborhood, or for this evil, sin-sick world that you see around you daily. On my street are some very special people. These people go to church, just not our church. In fact, three of the men are ordained ministers. And the fourth just hasn't been called to the priesthood yet. But the Lord is working through him just the same. And my wife and I, we have a great desire for the cause of Zion. And I've learned that my neighbors do too. They just call it the kingdom of God on earth. And they are living their lives in the pursuit of this cause. And they're trying to be true to the name of Christians. They serve their neighbors. They try to meet the needs of anyone living upon the street. And they do this not out of a sense of duty, but just because they love their neighbors. They are living Zionic conditions. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon them. And I'm sharing this with you as, as proof that God will have a people to occupy his holy city. And perhaps you have neighbors like mine. And you have witnessed what they have done. And perhaps you too have that proof that God will have a people to occupy his holy city. Difficult question is, will that be people of this church? Or will it be given to another people? Because we are lacking in our duty to him and to our calling to establish the cause of Zion. Section 98 answers that. And I'm going to start with 10C. There is even now already in store a sufficient, yea, even abundance to redeem Zion and establish her waste places, no more to be thrown down, where the churches who call themselves after my name, willing to hearken unto my voice. Sometimes that scripture sounds harsh to me. That's why I hesitated reading it. But it doesn't have to be. It could be a wake-up call. It could be a call to duty. It could be just a thought from your loving Heavenly Father that wants to bless you, but he needs to get your attention to get you to work. Because, saints, we know that his words will not return to him void. We know God will have his Zion, and we know he will have a people to occupy it. So my challenge to us today in this church and this people Is that we recommit ourselves to the cause of Zion? We have been entrusted with this because we are the Latter day Church of Jesus Christ. And He wants us to be there with Him, He wants us to be a part of His holy city. But He needs a people worthy to be occupied with Him. So, how do we do that? How do we become worthy to occupy such a place with our God? A place where everyone works together to meet the needs of each other. And the answer is simple, even very simple. You need to love your neighbor. You need to love your neighbor. And I've learned and I want to share with you tonight that God's love is perfected when His children love each other. If we do that, it will cover a multitude of our failings and our sins. Others will see in us something to be desired, to know more about the God that we serve. And then, and then we're on our way towards establishing his kingdom in our circle of the world. And to have Zion, it will also take faith and complete trust in God, putting his will above our will. And it will take courage and it will take determination And saints, it starts with putting the will of our Father in heaven above our own and to be about his work that he has entrusted with us and ask us time and time again to get to work. And if we do that, then section 36 will tell you and it will be fulfilled through us. H. I know I'm reading a lot of Scripture tonight, and I don't apologize for that. As I've been making preparation, it seems as the questions would come to my mind, our Heavenly Father would give me the verse that applies to that question. So much so that one morning when I was uh, preparing, i do that on my patio because it overlooks a park and it's quiet and it's peaceful and I can draw near to him. And one particular question I was struggling with, I had my scriptures laid before me but I was struggling with, this, with the answer to the question I had. And then a gentle breeze came up, and two pages of my scriptures turned over, and my eyes went directly to the scripture that was the answer to my question. And perhaps you've had experiences like that as well, but it just confirms to me that the Lord is in his work. And we need to be in this work as well. Section 36, 2H. And the Lord called His people Zion, because they were of one heart and one mind and dwelt in righteousness. And that one heart and that one mind that He's talking about in this Scripture is total focus and devotion to our God. And are you ready to come together in such a way? And do you desire to dwell with people like that in righteousness? Well, if in your mind you answered that yes, and I'm sure you did, then you are called to His work. Section 4 of the Doctrine and Covenants reminds us what kind of people we need to be and what qualities we should possess. Section 4, verse 1. I'm going to start with one E. These are qualities that a saint needs to have. And faith, hope, charity, and love, with an eye single to the glory of God, Qualifies him for the work. Remember faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, guidance, brotherly kindness, godliness, charity, humility, and diligence. Do you have those qualities? If not, then the Lord. Will say in to be ask and you shall receive knock and it shall be opened unto you. So if you lack these qualities, yet you have the desire for these qualities, not for yourself, but for the people that you love and the people that you are around, they're for you, and He gladly gives them to you. And this is the kind of people that would be living in Zion. Now, the last quality that was mentioned in section 4 is what I think that we as a church are lacking today. The last one says diligence. Diligence. We have not been pursuing Zion. We've taken Zion for granted can no longer do that our time is running out and because we haven't been diligent brothers and sisters Zion waits and Zion waits on me why do we need Zion today well hear this warning from the Lord and it comes from our scripture reading Isaiah 60, and this is verse 2. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall rise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And you're all aware of what's going on in the world today, and what's going on in our nation Even what's going on in the very cities that we live in is darkness covering the earth. Do you see how the earth moans and groans with the weather that we've been experiencing? With earthquakes, tornadoes, hurricanes, floods, wildfires. Do you see how the earth is affected, even? And just as important, or maybe even more important, do you see the gross darkness that's covering the people? Do you see the evil bombarding our families every day? And this evil is the evil that we allow in our families, in our homes. Each and every day. So why do we do that? If we know it's evil. If we know it's wrong. If we know it doesn't please God. Why do we allow that in our homes? For our children to see. Or our grandchildren to see. Just as important for our spouse to see. Why do we do that? Well. I have an answer for you, and there's really only one answer, and it's this. It's because we don't love God enough. We don't know His commandments well enough. We don't keep the commandments well enough that we do know, and we don't put Him first in our lives, do we? The honest answer is we don't. Schools and organizations and even our government is trying to tell us that the filth that they want us to believe is the truth. And yet we have the scriptures that tell us what the truth is and what is a lie. Continuing in Isaiah, the fifth chapter, verse 20. Another warning from your Heavenly Father that loves you so. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil and put darkness for light and light for darkness that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Do you see that happening in our world today? Are people trying to tell us what is good? when we know it is wrong? Of course you do. But don't be disheartened. Jesus Christ loves us. And he sees the world that we live in today. And we've been warned about this happening, so it shouldn't be a surprise to any of us. And your Father in Heaven warns us again tonight about the day and time that we live in. For He saw this coming so very long ago, and He reaches out again to us, because God loves His children. Proverbs, verse 4, 14-19. Enter not into the paths of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. For they sleep not, except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence, but the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more until the perfect day. The way of the world is wicked as is darkness. They know not what they stumble. And the sad thing is is that some people stumble. They don't even know that they are stumbling. Because a great number of our families are broken. There is no father or there is no mother teaching them the ways of the Lord. And they're getting their learning From their social media sources. So, how can they repent if the church that they attend is not teaching them right from wrong? But rather, they teach all is okay and we should accept people and let them continue in their sin. They don't have to be taught. We just want them to come to church, so it's okay if they're in church. Well, God forbid if we should do that as well. And we know from the Scripture that God cannot tolerate sin, any sin in His presence, or He would cease to be our God. But saints, the Lord is in control. Our Lord God Almighty is in control. Rest assured and know that as truth. And he will make bare his mighty arm. And this is why we need Zion today. Section 102. This answers this question. And we're going to read 102. 9b that the kingdom of this world may be constrained to acknowledge that the kingdom of Zion is very deed the kingdom of our God and his Christ therefore let us become subject unto her laws and the laws that will govern the city of Zion will have a base and they will always begin with loving the Lord God with all your heart, might, mind, and strength. And loving your neighbor. And not just loving your neighbor, but loving your neighbor greatly. Love them so much that you're willing to let them know that their unrepentant sin will keep them out of the kingdom of God. If you do that, if you love like that, then the rest of the laws, that kingdom, will be easy. Now, I asked you earlier when was the last time that uh, you prayed for Zion to come. And now I want to ask you when was the last time that maybe you took a daydream and wondered what it would be like to live. In the city of Zion. What would that really be like? Do you wonder? Does it make a smile on your face? Does it cause you to work even harder towards that cause? Will we have an opportunity to live continually in harmony and in peace? Maybe you do dream like that. I do. And I'm anxious. And I want that for you. And I want that for my neighbors. And I want that for the people that are suffering in Ukraine. And the people that are suffering in our cities where murder is nothing. Where they'll murder someone over the silliest thing. The value of human life greatly diminished but I want Zion for them as well where fathers can raise their families and teach them the ways of the Lord and mothers can be that strong encouraging arm to their husbands and their grandchildren and when I do dream of this Sometimes when I'm out in public, I look for people that might have the same dream as me. Because I want to know them. I want to talk with them. I want to encourage them. I want them to encourage me. Have you ever done that? Have you ever searched after people that might be about the cause that you are? And then you see their actions that prove... That they are seeking the cause of Zion. I want to share an example with you that I think speaks to this point, and you will recognize this individual as someone fulfilling this scripture that shines before God's people. Earlier this summer, there was a man, and he was eating breakfast at a local restaurant. And it was Saturday morning. seems men like to go to breakfast on Saturday morning. And you might see this man's action as um, something you weren't expecting. But shining nonetheless. This man, in the course of his breakfast, as he was eating alone, he noticed a loud confrontation a few tables away between the restaurant manager and a couple who had just finished eating. Many people witnessed this event. Well, apparently the couple was abandoned by their friend who was to pay their food bill, and they had no money. What a horrible moment that must have been for them, and very embarrassing, I'm sure. And to make it even worse, the manager had called the police to the scene. And seeing this all take place in front of the entire restaurant, the man arose to help the couple if he could. He approached the manager and asked what could be done to solve this problem. Her very direct answer was that Breakfast Bill needed to be paid. The man looked at the couple. Both were in tears of embarrassment and hopelessness. He turned to the manager and asked for the bill so he could pay it. Then the man returned to the couple to let them know they were free to go. Their debt had been satisfied. They arose from their table, tears still in their eyes, and the man hugged them. He hugged them tightly in front of everyone in the restaurant. and Then the couple left the restaurant. The man then paid his own food bill and left as well. Truly, this man was shining brightly that day. Can you imagine the talk in that restaurant after he left? Did they just witness the love of Jesus Christ from a stranger to another stranger. Did they witness that in person? Zion, the kingdom of our God, was demonstrated for them that Saturday morning in a most personal way, wasn't it? In 1833, section 97 was given. And it's 97.4a. This should lift your heart. And now I give unto you a word concerning Zion. Zion shall be redeemed, although she is chastened for a little season. Brothers and sisters, that was 1833. And we're in 2022. 2022. Isn't it time we got to work? Isn't it time that each of us would shine forth like that man in the restaurant? We have no excuse. After today, there is no excuse. Zion shall be redeemed. And Zion will happen. And we are told it is ours to have. But when? I have that answer for you as well. As soon as he has a people worthy to occupy it. And if you forget all that I've said today, then hear and remember this, and we will have Zion. We will have Zion when it is important enough to enough of God's people. So Zion waits, and Zion's waiting on me. And Zion's waiting for that call to be fulfilled through this church for us to get to work, to arise and to shine before our families, our friends, our neighbors our co-workers, and even to strangers, to be that light that shines forth with His love for one another, inviting all into the kingdom of our God. In section 98.4f, it says this, Therefore, let your hearts be comforted concerning Zion, for all flesh is in mine hands. Be still and know that I am God. And by being still, He wants you to know that He's in control. And He wants your assistance. He doesn't need your assistance. But he wants your assistance so that you can enjoy the joy of being in Zion with some of the people that you love, some of the people that you care about. And God is doing his work to bring about Zion, he is preparing a people. Are you one of those people? If you felt the tug on your heart, am I? Well, saints, listen to His voice. Listen to His voice in His lot in your lives in your quiet moments, and put His will above your will, and keep the Sabbath holy. Clear the junk out of it, and fill it with the joy. And the happiness that comes with sharing the Lord in his day. I believe the Sabbath is made that we might know God better. That we might know our families better. Enjoy our friends better. That our lives might touch each other in such a way that your example to them shows them that it can be done. And that they're weak, God can make them strong. And then Zion will no longer be waiting, but will be. And the world will see and desire to be a part of that work. I look forward to that happening. And as with other things in this church, It's always started with a small group of people. And then through his blessings, it has grown and grown. Isaiah 60, the the third verse says this. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light and kings to the brightness of thy rising. What a glorious day. What a glorious day for all mankind in this world. I so want to be there with you. I so want to be there with you. So let me leave you with this uh, admonition. And if you want to follow along, it's in your hymnal. And it's in 307. I'm going to read the first and the fourth verse. Awake, ye saints of God, awake. Call on the Lord in mighty power that he will Zion's bondage break and bring to naught the fowler's snare. And the fourth verse, Awake to union and be one, or saith the Lord, ye are not mine. Yea, like the Father and the Son, let all the saints in union join brothers and sisters, is concern about restoration branches not coming together. Well, I can testify to you that if we are about the cause of Zion, and if we are established in Zion, everything else will take care of itself. That won't be a worry, that won't be a concern. Won't you join me in making this Sunday different than other Sundays? And look for opportunities to share in that great work that our God has given this church of Jesus Christ. Let it be so. Amen.
0: I want to thank our brother for his uh, godly counsel that he has given us tonight. I want to thank you for your uh, attention. It's been very quiet in this room. And um, and I appreciate that, the attention that you've given, I appreciate. And you know, uh, I know Jim personally, a lot of you do, and <clears throat> a man's counsel uh, given behind the pulpit uh, becomes much stronger when he tries to live his life according to how and what he preaches. And so I, uh, I'm very grateful to be able to uh, share this rostrum with uh, Jim tonight, he was a uh, very nice to me, very kind, very loving to me uh, when I moved here uh, 22 years ago. I was very, very young, uh, 21 years old. And he was one of the first uh, established men, you could say, that I that I met. And uh, just always appreciated his, his counsel and his ministry uh, privately. Um, and so uh, I recommend to you uh, his words and his counsels tonight. We will close this service uh, by singing one of my favorite hymns, 324, Triumphant Zion, Lift Thy Head. And then uh, Enoch Carnahan will close this with prayer. Hymn 324, we will stand for this.
1: Father, thank you for this day, thank you for the service, this hour we be here to worship you and learn more of thee. Thank you for those words which Jim has given us, that they might rest upon our hearts and our thoughts and our minds as we go from this place, this, this evening, that we might... Learn and reflect that we might know more how we might go closer to you in keeping your Thy commandments. And I'm asking and I am fully named, in Thy most holy name, even Jesus Christ's name.
3: Amen.